This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, a superhero only here for a radio interview because they owe me a favor. Very special guest, Alex. Thanks for having me. And actually, I prefer super villain, to be honest. Super villain. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. My apologies. It's okay. It's okay. I, sometimes those lines, they just get blurred <laughs> in my head. You know, it's a, it's a whole thing. But thank you so uh, but much I'm so for excited. having me Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super jazzed to talk to you today because we are talking about a very cool project that you have going on called the Starwell Foundation. Foundation. I think we're going to get into it a little bit later in the show. Um, but to kick things off, I guess for folks who maybe don't remember, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe just how have you been? How have comic <laughs> books been? We'll get into all that stuff. Last time we were here, I was with my uh, co-host, JR, for OMV, uh, Opinions May Vary podcast, and we were doing a, a, a team up. Uh, we were, we were sidekicking each other's shows. It was great. And, um, yeah. and since then we did another two years or so of our podcast, JR retired and I'm taking it over and I can't do the show as it was without JR. So I'm doing a new thing and, uh, I was inspired to do a audio drama and that is the Star Wars Foundation. Um, it's basically imagine, uh, make a wish kids asking to meet supervillains. And who at the foundation would want to have to go out to find them, collect them, and try and mm -hmm. get them to do something nice instead to get their the villains to trust them, get their coworkers to trust them, will the heroes ever trust them? And so it's all combining these different elements and the hazards that go with it. Yeah, it's a it's a very I'll say big web from what I've listened to. Um, it feels like there's a big web of story going on. It's really, really cool. Um, there's so many voices in this thing, but we'll get all, we'll get into all of that, I think, a little bit later. Sure. For now, yeah. let's talk about comic books. I really want to hear what you've been reading. So tell me about one of the books that you've been reading recently. It's not exactly a new book, but uh, sure. I got married last year in November. We just took... Congrats. Thank you. It's been awesome. We just took our honeymoon in September, and um, I'm a weirdo. My wife is also kind of a weirdo. So our mm -hmm. wedding was partially Donner Party themed. And so oh. what better honeymoon than to go to Donner Lake? And uh, no, yeah, <laughs> we, we went to Truckee. That's amazing. We went to Truckee, California. That was one of our stops. We also went to the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is the oh. inspiration for The Shining. Stephen King stayed uh -huh. there and pretty much wrote most of the book. Um, we also no went way. to the Clown Motel in Nevada before that. But uh, while in Truckee, uh, California at Donner Lake. We hiked up Donner Summit and there's mm -hmm. a Donner Memorial uh, State Park. Um, and we spent too much money in the gift shop, uh, but it was fun. Of course. And I picked up this small, like hardcover book. And it's almost like it's the kind of thing that's going to show up in a lot of uh, museum gift shops kind of thing. But it's mm -hmm. funny. Um, it's by Nathan Hale. And what's it's part of the joke is that like, I'm not the guy that was um, executed for treason 200 years ago. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm my, I was born in 74. Um, but he, he like researches these historical things, makes them kind of funny, put some comedy into them. And so it's Nathan Hale's hazardous tales, specifically the Donner mm -hmm. dinner party. And I listen to other shows. I've last podcast on the left. I've listened to their Donner party, uh, episodes. I've listened to my favorite murder Donna party episodes. I've done mm -hmm. some, of my own research. There's a really good book called the indifferent stars above. This is one of my favorites because it's uh, Nathan Hale, the writer and artist of the book is basically um, telling the story from the point of Nathan Hale about to be executed by the British. So there's a, <laughs> so like there's in the comic book, there's, there's uh, strips of the British soldier or uh who's going to have executed the executioners there. And so Nathan Hales, mm -hmm. it's almost like an Arabian nights kind of thing where he's trying to like tell stories to drag out the execution. And so he's telling all these other I historical see. tales that are going on. And so you get some comedy involved where the executioner who's killed a bunch of people, like doesn't want to hear about, you know, like so-and-so's horse that, that got left behind because it couldn't keep up because they're out of food and water. Mm -hmm. He's like, tell me the horse is okay. And, and like, you know, he, but he's just chopped off 20 heads. Um, right, right. But it's, it's not, it's not highly detailed art. It's, it's like, uh, it's almost newspaper comic strip art. It's the story sure. still comes across. You see everything you need to see. The jokes hit really nice. And they even give you points where it's like, okay, we're going to deal with some cannibalism right now. Skip ahead five pages if you don't want to hear about it. Um, sure. So that's been nice, but it's, 
it, the difference between watching actors act out Donner Party or listening to other podcasters talk about Donner Party, he's able to show you some new emotions with characters' faces between the Graves Party. Why is George Donner get to be the leader? Because he doesn't actually know what he's doing, hence why they got in the right. problem in the first place. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I, I kind of want to pick up like some of the rest of his books too. Um, mm-hmm. if they're as entertaining as this one, but it was, it was great. I like Donner dinner party by, by Nathan Hale's hazardous tales. No, I, I dig it. Nathan Hale's I've heard of a couple of other books that, that this guy's done. So like you are not the first person to recommend it, but I did not think that he would have done a Donner party book. And I love that so much. Um, like you said, I've also listened to a bunch of other like podcasts and different things mm-hmm. to retelling this story. And I never would have thought that a comic book might be the way to actually experience this. So I'm, 100% going to pick this up. This sounds like so much fun. If you if you have a good dark humor funny bone, you're going to sure. you're going to be chuckling at points here and it's that's that was one of my favorite parts. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. Um let me talk about one book that I've read recently just because I want to have a nice little balance here of us talking about things. Um I read a book that was similar in nature, kind of dark. Um if you've seen the movie, maybe you know. Um uh, but I read Old Boy Volume 1. This is by Garen Suchia, art by Nobuki Mangisha. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. Um, but yeah, this is the manga that the movie Old Boy or the movies Old Boy were based on. If you've seen the Josh Brolin one, I'm really, really sorry. But if you've seen the one that came out, I think 2003 or five um, it was from in from Korea, um, that's the better movie. It's fantastic. Um, this book is unbelievably quick to read. Uh, I, I don't really want to go into like too many details, but I can say safely that like the basis of this book is a man wakes up in a prison, like a quote unquote private prison that someone paid to have him put there. He doesn't know why, doesn't really remember what happened and how he got there. All he knows is that he's been there for 10 years. Um, and as the story goes on, we kind of get a little bit of insight from on the person who did it. We maybe get a little bit of insight as to like the, the fact that he's an extremely rich person and has some sort of obsession with our protagonist who we don't really know the name of at the beginning of this volume. Um, but yeah, it was published in 1997. Um, the movie came out in 2003 or 2005 in Korea. And uh, I'll say for a book that was published in the nineties, it has, there's a lot of eyebrow raises in terms of just like some racial stuff that I was like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> um, the fact that a very, very young woman um, who is an adult, by all implications of the book um, is latching on to this, this 35 year old man um, in a way very, very early on the book. But beyond that, um, the book is really cool in the, the way that it paces itself. There's a lot of like, chapter endings that go how am i supposed to stop reading this volume i have to know where this story is going to go and that's basically how the the volume ends right I, there's no way i don't just continue reading this book forever um, i kind of know the story of old boy but based on just how this first volume has progressed i don't know how this manga is going to work because all of the spoilers that i think pay off in the third act mm-hmm. of old boy the movie are right there from the get-go in the first in the beginning of this movie so or the beginning of this volume so Really excited to see where this series goes. I think it's like seven or eight volumes long. And if the other volumes read as quickly as this first one, I'm going to be done with this probably before the weekend is over. So um, very, very excited to keep going. But yeah, it's it reads so fast. And there's so many questions still, even after 200 pages of the first volume. So I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. Um, have you read or seen the old boy movies? I have. I've seen okay. the, the one you, you mentioned earlier, not the Josh Brolin one. And I have okay, a few. Okay. I have a few uh, like stunt martial artist friends who love that hallway. Oh, okay. That hallway fight, they will analyze. <laughs> they will. They will <laughs> watch so that good. over and over again. And yeah. uh, and uh, it's, uh, my friend Brett um, started like a pretty popular. Um, like it was a Facebook thing, and everyone got involved. Where what's your fighting thugs in a hallway music? Like what's your what's your preferred song <laughs> to fight thugs to in a hallway? <laughs> Yes, that's so good. And then you just match it up with that scene, right? Um, no, that's that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm reading this right now, and I'll say we're recording this a bit in the past um, from when this episode is going to be released, but I'm reading this because we are recording a special episode of the I Read Comic Books Movie Club, um, a Patreon series that we do every three months. It's me and my friend Brian and Paul who are on the show. This month, we decided to do foreign films, and Old Boy was the option, and it won by a landslide, <laughs> and I'm super excited. Um, foreign films and heavy quotes there because, like... <laughs> There's a whole discussion we could have about it. But um, yeah, anyways, it's going to be really fun. And I'm really excited to read more of this um, old boy series. But 
Alex, why don't you tell me about another book that you've been reading? Because I'm dying to hear what else you've got on your plate. A few months ago, it's I like to check out my local comic book shop and take in as much as I can. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually you'll go in, you'll get your regular pull out the file. Maybe you'll check mm-hmm. your, the X-Men shelf or something. But how often do you wander through some of the more indie stuff and actually look to see what's new? It, not everyone's great at like spotting the, the new thing because you can't check out all of them. There's so many. And I got to like issue four of this book called Astronaut Down. Um, has nothing to do with the comic Officer Down from 2018. But, okay. Uh, and I dig astronauts. It's, it's in the right setting. They're creepy. Um, the big right. diver suits astronaut suits when they're not where they're supposed to be freaks me out yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i feel that because it, it's like even it's like in their big diver suits even a diver suit out of place is very creepy right well, like, there was like a doctor who there was an astronaut suit like on the beach and i was like why is this terrifying me but uh <laughs> yeah. so i picked up it was, i started on issue number four and i flipped through a okay. bit and there's a guy in a wheelchair in this whole hospital room full of people are saying hey you saved our reality, even though yours is dead. Thank you so much. And I'm like, what is going on? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, that's an insta buy. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, talk about a way to get you hooked on a book, even yeah. with issue four of a yeah. five, mini, five issue mini series. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly. crazy. So I was able to get four and five right there. And uh, I got, I picked up one, two, and three later. And I read through it. And it's not your astronaut in the typical sense. By the way, it's written by James Patrick and art by Rubin, I believe. Not Rubin, Rubin, I'm going to go with. Rubin, yeah. And um, there's no space travel. Um, It's going to be mind travel. And there's a program to send someone's consciousness to other realities of themselves. Um, Dude, what? (laughs) It's it's wild. Um, So what happens is there is some kind of experiment um, in a different country and this tear in reality opens up where this mm-hmm. flood that they call a cancer like washes over the entire world and whatever this flood hits it's green and it's gooey and it just makes everyone die and not just by like drowning them um some panels can be pretty grotesque uh so sure they start to erect walls around certain cities the experiment center is like was researching this thing it's like well we don't have the right equation to fight what this is, but other realities might. So we got to send our people to jump to other selves. And so they start working on that and you find out that's what the main character is. He's an astronaut meant to go to another consciousness in a different reality. Um, But by issue two, it's, I mean, it's already a year old. It's not, I'm going to say spoilers, but he meets his girlfriend who died in his Mm -hmm. reality. So immediately, if, if you're tracking, it's like, well, she just got fridged. You meet two more realities of this girl, and she has a very positive slash negative influence on him. So she, mm-hmm. she's not actually fri- fridged. It's, it's She's there. But um, yeah. So yeah. So his, his reality got fridged. The other ones, it's important for them to be there and how they react to what he's done and if he's doing mm-hmm. his job or not. And basically, he has to remember the new equation and the physics uh, smart stuff i don't know it um but like sure, beam sure. that beam that back to his reality so they can try and solve the problem and ma- right. metastasize the cancer of their world um so these five issues go through all of that and um there's parts where yeah it's it's i feel it's, like it's a lot it's, this how is this in five issues i just like this could be 24 issues and i feel like it wouldn't necessarily like, cover there's everything. a lot that i got skipped over and there's a few things i sure. haven't gotten to yet like i feel like james uh, could have spread some of these topics out but he mashed them all into one thing and if sure. you if you get a lot into one thing then maybe people want more i don't know how they're going to have more of this um right right but it, there's parts where it gets political because the government and some of the scientists were like, we need to fund the sciences so we could do the thing. But of mm-hmm. course there's going to be some people who go, no, no, we, we need to do nothing and just let itself solve itself. And right. so like a couple issues are like, well, we have to defeat tribalism because that's what's stopping us from, from fixing the problem. And it's mm-hmm. like, you can tell where that's coming from to an extent. Um, sure. And I'm not going to say it wasn't heavy handed, but the people exist. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, he's, he's taking it from real, real world examples. Uh, but it's, it was a wild ride to go from at some point you doubted he was even going to send the equation back to his reality or not, or just stay in the peaceful one he was at. Um, right. Yeah. So it's, I, I dug it. It was wild. None of it was what I expected. And mm-hmm. even if you could tell me trying to explain, if you like concepts that don't make sense to you, um, <laughs> if you like some Grant Morrison books that aren't Batman, then you'll right. like this. Yeah. I, I get pissed that's... when like, I should understand Batman. If I don't understand something else Grant Morrison's writing, that's okay. I'm not supposed to. I accept that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a spell being cast on me, and I understand that my reality does not understand the the thing being beamed into my brain. Yeah, yeah, I get exactly. it. yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, that was that's from Aftershock Comics. Um, nice. I like how the back cover is read dangerously. Is like it's ads for their own company, <laughs> and like I get yeah. it. I dig it. It made it made me think a bit. Um, it was entertaining, and you can still pick up like the trade off of their website. Nice. Very nice. Um, well, yeah, I, I this kind of sounds like the type of book that I would buy month to month from like image and not really understand it. And then two years later, come back and read it. Mm-hmm. But so thank you for telling me about it after it came out. Now I can just read it all in one yeah, go yeah. and I might actually understand it. Yeah. So <laughs> another book on the list um, for this episode. But let me let me talk about one book really quick before um, we get into the top of our pile. What books that we're going to be reading next? I read Operation Sunshine number one. This is by Henry Zabrowski and Marcus Parks. Uh, art by David Rubin. Colors by <clears throat> excuse me. Colors by KJ Diaz. Letters by Ferran Delgado. Uh, this is Henry and Marcus from the last podcast on the left. So if you're familiar with their work, you kind of know what you're getting when you go into this series. Um, but this is a book that's about vampires. Surprisingly, it's not about cryptids or about like the government black ops cover up issues. Maybe that gets factored into this book a little bit. I won't spoil it completely. Uh, but this book just came out pretty recently. Uh, the story follows a 350 year old quote bug, aka a vampire spawn as she tries to live her life under the radar as much as possible in new york city however after a run-in with an og vampire as they call them um (laughs) things begin to get a bit more troublesome for this this young bug um and really that's a gross simplification of this series there's a couple of other characters that are involved but i really don't want to spoil it because it just came out as of recording a week ago so you know if you're listening to this now maybe you've already read it but still um david rubin's on art in this book and he's absolutely perfect if if you've seen his work before, you know that when he wants to get extra zany and wild with things, it kind of takes on this old school Ren and Stimpy style SpongeBob when like SpongeBob gets dried out or when Ren and Stimpy are doing something extremely gross and they just settle on a single frame of something that's <laughs> far too detailed for a cartoon. Like I feel like when the, the book, when this book gets uh, very gross, um, Ruben really decides to just like go in on the details and make everything just look very disgusting. And it's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, I will say there's a lot of blood and gore, but Hey, we're dealing with vampires here. That was probably expected. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like this. And the thing that was probably the best part of this whole series is Ruben decided to not take on the stereotypical vampire look of this book. And I think if you've seen their art before, you know that they really are always going to lean into like the zanier, monstery, crazier stuff. And I really appreciated that the, the vampires, the old school vampires, are these just hideous freaks that when you think of the idea of a, a something that wants to suck your blood that's what Ruben put on paper, not like a guy with teeth who's wearing a cape. Uh, it's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, I will say uh, Parks and Zabrowski, they worked together on a previous series called uh, DC Horror Presents Soul Plumber. That was a very wordy book that was definitely them trying to just poke fun at the absurdity of a lot of different things all in one book as well as religion. Um, and it was fun, but it was very, very wordy. It reads like an early Stan Lee book kind of where they're just like <laughs> nonstop captions, a lot of dialogue for no reason, um, just to try to like shove as many jokes on page as possible. Some, some Bendis Clearly, bubbles. Yeah. Well, oh, no, it's not as bad as Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. No, it's 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 very much like that where they clearly have a lot to say and there's only so many pages that they can put it on. Right. Um, but with this book, it, they definitely either worked with an editor or just really honed in on what they were trying to do with this book. Um, and I think that's because it's a much simpler concept of like there are these vampire spawn and they need to somehow figure out how to deal with these old school vampires who have all come back to town. Um, 
and yeah, it feels very much like another series that came out from Image uh, called Bloodstained Teeth. This book was published by Dark Horse, I should say. Uh, Operation Sunshine is. But Bloodstained Teeth came out from Image a little while back. And it's about a old school vampire who has to hunt down all of the vampire spawns that he, for reasons that are insane and ridiculous, created all over the world. And they all turn into like pop stars and content creators on the Internet. And the, and the Vampire Council, who includes people like Bram Stroker and like basically every vampire media person you could think of are on this hit super council. Um, they're like, hey, go hunt those people down and kill them or we're going to kill you. <laughs> and so the book is for him following you know, all this stuff. It's very fun. But so it feels like that. But from the opposite perspective, we're following this vampire spawn and she's just like trying to survive realizing that she made a really bad deal 350 years ago and just needs to get blood and just wants to smoke cigarettes it's <laughs> it's 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 great um but yeah the the last question i have is have you noticed i don't know if you're at the shop super regularly or maybe you're on the internet and stuff but i feel like there's an uptick in vampire books recently or maybe that's just what's happening in my head i haven't noticed it recently um it's it's vampires are one of those things like every decade or so they come back around Every yeah. 10, 20 years, like they, they spin back up on the cycle, you know, in, in mm-hmm. 14 years, we're going to do a brand new zombie book. It'll be amazing. You know, it's... I know. walking dead will still be reprinting <laughs> its issues, you know? <laughs> oh, that's, I don't know. It, there's, there is like a, I think we've had a bigger discussion on, on the, one of the, an older episode of IRCB where we talked about like, there's this fluctuation. Someone wrote an article about this fluctuation between vampire stories and zombie stories. And it's all based around like where American politics are leaning. Hmm. Like, so it's a weird trend. I don't know if it's correlation means causation or whatever, (laughs) but uh, somebody noticed a weird trend, but um, that's a different discussion. Instead, let's move on and talk about comics that we're looking forward to reading next comics that are on the top of your pile, new, old, or just something you've been meaning to get off your shelf. Um, So Alex, tell me what's next on for you on your, top of your pile uh we've got more superior spider-man coming i'm psyched for that that's my favorite spider-man i have nothing against peter parker um but just the idea of doc ock taking over and doing things his way over wordy Mm -hmm. just the way that pete would never do it i dig it i got a tattoo of him (laughs) um really yeah it's again my wife is brilliant she's like what if we got a like a couple's tattoo? And I was like, what'd we get? She's like, the pointing Spider-Man meme. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to get regular <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm going to get my favorite Spider-Man. Heck yes, And she's dude. like, which one do I get? I was like, I don't know. Find a favorite Spider-Man. And then at some point she f- realizes there's a punk Spider-Man. And that mm-hmm. settled it for her. So I'll send you a picture some t- of our tattoos of pointing Spider-Man. So I got Superior. Um... So, yeah, there's a new series. Uh, I believe it's going to be a miniseries. Dan Slott writing, mm-hmm. Mark Bagley on art. Like, what better artist can you ask for? Bagley's Dude, like, for real. I mean, he, let's see, he's, he's a top six Spider-Man artist of all time. And if mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. a comic book, a classic comic book art, who else can you ask for than Bagley? Um, totally. And uh, <clears throat> there, was like, there was like a Superior Spider-Man Returns that came out uh, maybe two weeks ago. So the actual like number one will start uh, later before this episode comes out. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, and that'll be the number one. But it's it, it's taking place. It's like Doc Ock, um, uh, remembering when he was kind of still Peter, still Spider Man. Right. Okay. So it's kind of flashing between what he did then and what his consequences of that now would be now that he's come back as Dr. Octopus again. Um, so I'm psyched for that because even through uh, the variety of Spider-Verse books, there was a reality in the Spider-Verse where they needed Uncle Ben to like venture out into the radioactive wasteland because he was the only one who could survive it. And mm-hmm. Pete tried to be inspiring with great power and great responsibility and mm-hmm. Ben chickened out and he wouldn't go. <laughs> and so Otto Octavius steps up and he's like, you pitiful, pitiful man, get out there and do your job for the rest of our realities. How can any of them, all these Peters looked up to you and you're going to let them all down? And Ben's like, ah, you're right. I better go. And I'm like, that's what Pete couldn't do. Otto did it. So that's that's just some elements of why I like Otto Octavius as Spider-Man. Oh, sure. Um, it's, I dig it. You could, uh, you could probably assume that's one of my favorite things is by what we're going to get to later on of villains partially redeeming themselves. 
Right, right. I, I, I am sensing a pattern. As soon as you started talking about it, I was like, hold on. Things are starting to click in my head. Um, no, that's awesome. I, you're not the first person to tell me that that Superior Spider-Man run is like amazing. And I didn't know that this book was coming out. I am kind of bummed to hear that they did the whole <laughs> the whole Alpha and Omega thing that with this book series where they're like, here's the pre-issue you yeah. need to read before yeah. the miniseries. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure there's going to be a post-issue. You know, <laughs> like, just, just give me an eight-issue series. Right. Don't make me think this is special, but anyways um mark like you said mark bagley on art is top tier choice like there are like you said a handful of other really good spider-man artists right now and bagley is definitely up there as like one of the greats Mm -hmm. um well let me talk about a book that i'm looking forward to reading next and that is of thunder and lightning this is by kimberly wang um it's a book from silver sprocket uh folks who've been listening to the show for a minute have noticed maybe that i've been reading a lot of silver sprocket books and that's because I was at a comic book club with some old folks that I used to work with at Comixology and had maybe a couple too many whiskeys. And then I just kept clicking add to cart on a bunch of books. And then one day, like $120 worth of books showed up in my house, you know. Um, so I've been trying to read through all of those. Uh, Thunder and Lightning is one of those. Uh, the story seems to be like, I'll give you just the synopsis here. It says, in a world where pop media reads, re- excuse me. In a world where pop media meets military power, two idle super soldiers are locked in a world-ending conflict on behalf of their corporate nations. Battles blast across the dying land, both sides convinced of their own righteousness. Ragnarok looms in the horizon, yet Magni and Demo, young icons created for the sole purpose of eliminating the other, find their closest reflection in their opposite. Now completing the mission means destroying the one who understands them the most, and don't we just love to watch enemies become lovers? <laughs> I am so excited for this book. Um, I read a very similar series called, uh, or similar prose book, one of the rare prose books that I've read recently, um, um, called How to Lose the Time War. It's about two people on opposite sides of a a multi-millennia spanning war between the red side and the blue side. And they go from wanting to hate each other and kill each other to maybe something else. Um, it's an amazing book. It's very short. And I was crying by the end. And I didn't realize like there were suddenly tears coming down my my, my cheeks. I was like, is this the most beautiful book I've ever read? <laughs> um, and I'm very excited to read this comic because it feels like it's got that same vibe. Um, and I feel like most of the books that I've grabbed from Silver Sprocket recently have just been like all winners. Um, it's just further proof that like, I think like you said before, Alex, like going into your indie bargain bin or going into the backlogs, finding something that's off your beaten path you will be surprised more often about the quality than not. And Silver Sprocket is one of those publishers where I'm like, anytime they put out a graphic novel, I'm immediately putting it in my cart and like waiting to be like, can I spend $30 on this hardcover? (laughs) Um, But it's always there. It's always on the top of my Christmas list. Like these guys are incredible in in what they publish. So I'm very excited. And, And Kristen Wang, or excuse me, Kimberly Wang's art looks amazing. If you go to the preview page, I'll post that in the show notes. Um, it's, it just looks like a fun book, so I'm, I'm very excited to read that. Hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about other things. Let's talk about <laughs> supervillains and audio dramas. Um, Alex, you're here to talk about the Starwell Foundation, which is a, a series that you put together after a successful Kickstarter campaign, if I'm not That's mistaken. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, I I guess my first question here is: tell us about what this series is and how did it go from like idea to now we've got a dozen or so voices putting this whole thing actually into production. I think I, I've had at least 20 voices so far to, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, you ever go to a comic show and not quite a convention. It's a show. It's like, you, it's the $1 ticket to get in and they have a raffle sometimes, but there's like mm-hmm. some dude there who has movie scripts. And so like you buy us an old script that was never actually made into anything. It's like, I have a Hellboy script that was, wasn't the Hellboy movie that came out and uh whoa yeah it's it's well, like there's no telling if it's genuine or not I don't know, oh sure for sure and uh, but still fun it's like a fun experiment yeah, right yeah so there's one that I picked up that was for uh Preacher the movie it was Garth Ennis and uh I ended up giving it to a friend of mine who became a huge fan of the Preacher and um and he's like at one point he goes hey you should make an audio drama out of this you should do a radio play and I was like I don't know like it's uh, I'm not I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I know that exact feeling. I get it. <laughs> but uh, that kind of stuck in my head. And then the actual show came out and I was like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but there was points where I had ideas because I, I work a very boring day job where I just push boxes. So it takes like sure. 5% of my brain and the rest of it's just either going to kill itself or 
think up a new world or layers of mm-hmm. new worlds. Um, and I love villains so much and their redemptions. My favorite team is the Thunderbolts. Um, Kurt Busiek okay. is fantastic. Hence, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wrote the Thunderbolts. He also wrote a lot of uh, Astro City, which I haven't read all of, but what I've read, I really mm-hmm. dig because it's about a place. You don't have to follow one family, one hero. The whole city is important to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So all that really gets to me. And uh, I started creating my own world. And it's not 100% mine because at some point you're going to borrow things here and there. And if you could see other writers doing it, like, so uh, season two Invincible came out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. We know who Darkwing is. Yeah, it's, that's that's a Batman yeah. of some, you know, so it, it goes around <laughs> right. like that. So maybe I have two versions of a bat person in my show. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was a lot of, I think I can do this. I think I have a story in my head. I've been putting together a bunch of characters. Who would I want to see? And some of it comes down to what comics or shows have let me down where they didn't go in the direction mm. I wanted them to go in and the direction they did take was disappointing. And how would I do something like that differently, but with my own inspirations or my own thoughts or what I know or don't know, because <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know how to be a good writer. I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> but I'm trying. Sure. And, uh, and so th- the story came together in, in that format. Um, and it is inspired by uh, a post from Tumblr, which was, I think from 2006, it's very old. But oh, I, I get, yeah, I give credit to that. That that was the original idea, and I and I took that and ran with it. Um, so, so I'm not familiar with this post on Tumblr. I think I read this somewhere else too. Mm-hmm. What what was the post on Tumblr, and how did it go from from that to what the Starwell Foundation is? So that was called the Villain Wrangler, right? Wrangler, Rustler, Wrangler, the Villain Wrangler, and it had that original premise of you know blatantly calling it Mega Wish Kids asking for super villains. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Tumblr is that like it becomes a community conglomerate now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah so yeah. everyone's contributing like a sentence here, a small paragraph there. Contribute, contribute, contribute. The original post is like gone. I don't know where it's it's oh. lost. But there's like okay. there's screen caps of it. So you can sure. find it somewhere. But I don't mm-hmm. know how to contact anyone on Tumblr. And there's there's so much that goes on. And then now the posts that have been like screen capped and reposted, all those have comments of, well, someone should make this. Someone mm-hmm. should, this should, this should get made. And, yeah. and some are like, well, I, you know, I, someone wrote their own fanfic of that. And that's, that's great. And I was like, well, it's, maybe I, maybe I want to make that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I came up with my own versions of characters you might recognize or might be original or ideas that are pretty basic or pretty wacky. Um, it's, it's going to get weird and I'm kind of proud of that. Um, but also yeah. not cause not everyone's going to get it and that's okay. <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but, uh, that was great. I only read it twice. And again, that was over a decade ago. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it was really good. So I give credit to that. And that's, that was my inspiration. Yep. That's awesome. It sounds like, but it sounds like it was just something that was just like swirling oh, in yeah. your head. Like I yeah. get that. That's like, you're just, I can't, I know that it feels overdone or it feels overused or whatever, but I got to do my own take oh, on yeah. this thing. Otherwise it's just never going to sit. Yep. Right. Yep. Pretty much. That's, that's cool. Um, so you, so you have this idea, you work on it and you, you work on the Kickstarter, I guess. What was the Kickstarter experience like for you? Um, cause like, I'll be honest, I've never supported a Kickstarter that was an audio drama before. <laughs> so like, how did that like shape how you were pitching things it's, and the rewards and stuff? And, and I guess how was, how was that a cool experience for you? It's, it's real tough. It's difficult okay. because, um, it was a thing that it's, it, it's going on the OMV podcast site. So it's going to be free. Everyone can listen to it. So no one's buying an exclusive thing. Like when you Mm -hmm. back a comic book or a graphic novel or whatever, you're getting the thing. Not everyone else gets the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have a physical thing that everyone can get. So I had to figure out other things someone might want that's related to the show. So an Mm -hmm. OMV merch bundle was in there. Um, Brett Kelly, who voices Malvarmo, is also an artist in his own right. He's amazing. He had a series. He had his series of jack-o'-lantern with bat wings as pins so i had like a five seven different colorways of these pins and i was like mm-hmm. brett can i ask you for a starwell colorway of your flapjack flapping jack-o'-lantern 
And so he agreed to that. So I, so that was part of like that. What can I offer as a physical item for backing right. an audio drama that that is free? Um, right. So that's that's always difficult. It's like, hey, pay me for a thing that everyone can access. Um, so yeah. so how do I make a special for them? Right. Sure. So there's only sure. so much of like I'll read I'll read your name on an episode. You'll get credited on mm-hmm. this page. Um, so a vinyl pressing of the of the audio drama. Right. That was on. Was that not an option? No. <laughs> uh, what I did do was. Um, at the lowest level, everyone gets an ID badge as they're an intern of the Starbell Foundation. Oh, cool. On the back is a QR code that accesses a Google file mm-hmm. um, and a Google Drive. And that's where all the episodes are. But that's also where secret bonus episodes will go. Nice. So nice. in Starbell episodes, um, it's a three-act format. And in between are interludes. They could be um, new segments, commercials. Um, mm-hmm. a streamer has a segment in one and, uh, one of these interludes is for a true crime podcast that takes place within the Star Wars universe in Brava city. <laughs> and they talk about the villains or the heroes or the crime that happened within Brava city and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's like a two minute promo. So what I'm making is the backers will get full episodes of that show it's called it's called how crime by the way so so when you ask how crime it's like what right. was this very crime or not very crime and also how did you crime and that's what that i'm sorry that's killing Thank me you. oh that's so good i love that so much and so it's uh you know i wrote it as if i'm writing my favorite murder with um yeah yeah karen and and i can't think of the other one anyway um, but it's great. Uh, my friends, Nichelle and Katie are voicing them and, uh, so that's some of the bonus stuff that I'm trying. Hopefully, you know, once the season is complete for now, I'll also go back mm-hmm. through and get bloopers up as well. So that's part of the thing nice. of like, please back my Kickstarter. Here's what you'll get. I promise you'll get cool stuff. Sure. And, sure. But you know, it, but it's to allow me to make the thing. Um, yeah. So yeah. that was the most difficult part. Um, thankfully, before we finished OMV, before Jerry retired, uh, I put up two episodes of Starwell way back in mm-hmm. 2019, I believe it was, maybe early 2020, and I call it the pilot season. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the intro to Mary and other characters that work at Starwell. That's the first time meeting Malvarmo. That's the first time meeting Magenta Thorn. Um, and so season one kicks off where you're not getting the same intro because that happened in the pilot season is what I'm calling it. But Gotcha. Um, yeah, so that's so having having something to prove, like I can do it. They came out on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's what it will sound like. I've gotten better since then, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. But having something already made to to prove to backers, potential backers, being like, I've I've made it this far. I've tried. Here's what I've been able to do with no budget. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So. I could try to do more with a budget. So all that went together yeah. and trying to make the Kickstarter. It, it, it was stressful, but, um, we, we, we got funded, we got a stretch goal. Um, mm-hmm. so I was, I was very thankful, very grateful. And, uh, and so far all of it's coming through. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it, it, and it sounds great, right? Like I, I listened to some of it and it's, 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 well-produced it's well-organized i mean you've got like you said a dozen plus 20 plus voices attached to this thing which is like a whole other question i want to get to um i do want to like make a note though because there's the thing that i think a lot of people forget about like kickstarter right um is that there's no kickstarter now puts this big warning sign on on their page right before you finish a pledge to like hey this does not guarantee that you actually receive anything Mm -hmm. right which like a lot of this time, I think a lot of people expect Kickstarter to have like this pure transaction. Yeah, yeah. But I think like a project like yours is actually what Kickstarter was made for, right? The idea that you want to be able to fund a thing and it's truly crowdfunded. And like if people get anything, it's like a bonus benefit, but it's not the expectation. Um, now, I think like the mindset has completely changed. We've got a, t- a dozen different crowdfunding solutions out there that'll guarantee you that you get something <laughs> if people reach a funding goal and stuff like that. But I, I do want to recognize that it's admirable to like actually go and do a proper real Kickstarter where you're like, the goal isn't that only you folks will get these audio files like this is going to go out to everybody but like i think you did the right thing in 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 saying here's bonus content mm-hmm. here's like pins here's art here's all this other stuff mm-hmm. that is 
slightly that's additional to the thing that we're actually trying to fund so like i just want to say it's admirable and i appreciate it because I, I love the spirit of kickstarter and i think you fully embraced it with yours thank um, you it was so. it was it was rough it was stressful and now if any like if anything <laughs> i don't want to diminish that either the, like i understand the, it, that that's what took me the longest to actually get started was uh yeah. was how do i make this worth it to, to everyone right. else it's like it's like well right. i have 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 a bookmark or have a shot glass. I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, no one's getting a coffee mug f- for me with a Star Wars logo on it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that's that. That was it. Was fun. And uh, I, as of this episode coming out, uh, there should be two left. Episode four should come out before uh, this episode comes out here. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're we're halfway through, but at this point, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess let's let's talk about like your voice talent. So like, <laughs> obviously you're one person and to make an audio drama, you kind of need a bunch of people unless you're like a, a Jim Carrey or, a, <laughs> you know, Mike Meyer. I don't know somebody that actually has voice talent. I don't know. We have voice talent, but it's different, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know where I'm going with this, but how did you find the the folks that you ended up having voice all of the various characters that you've gotten, like the side announcers and all this other <laughs> stuff? You said some were friends, but like, that's a lot of folks to get yeah. in like yep. different rooms to, to make audio. Yeah. Uh, I've been very fortunate, very lucky by just by having a lot of friends. Um, I've mm-hmm. worked at a local theme park for uh, over okay. 20 years where I just show up for for, for uh, the Halloween season. I do makeup. I make zombies. Gotcha. I make monsters. Sometimes I'm the monster. We go out and scare. We have a good time. Mm-hmm. And then like my closest friends I've built working that job because it's fun. We have the most similar interests. I have two friends from the other job where I push boxes that have worked out also for 20 years because <laughs> mm-hmm, we don't, mm-hmm. we're not eye to eye on everything. Um, so in that, and I'm in the entertainment department. If I was in a different department, okay. I'd meet different people, but being mm-hmm. in entertainment, you meet people who want to act. They know how to have characters. They know how to project. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that they already do. It's like, if you say, Hey, do you want to act? They'll be like, yes. Can I? <laughs> yes. And, if, and if you say, do you want to act for money? They'll be like, when do you need me? Um, right. Right. So that's also that that's where a lot of the Kickstarter went is because when someone funds a Kickstarter, they go, well, the money goes there and then someday I'll get a product. But you don't Mm -hmm. know where the money actually goes. I -hmm. paid all my actors um, unless some of them were very kind and refused payment. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm paying musicians to make themes and songs for me. But that's that was a big thing. Like, I want everyone to feel it's worth me them giving me their time. Right. Um, right. So since I do makeup at a theme park, I also had a few makeup gigs for local um, low budget movies or just shorts and, and horror things that'll go to different uh, uh, festivals and whatnot. So then I made a different batch of actor friends because I'm killing them. Mm-hmm. I'm putting blood on them. I'm turning them to a monster. <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. And we're still friends and we maintain that. And I say, do you want to come act? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fun is you might not even know someone's into acting or has in the past. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a guy who pushes boxes with me and he's like, Oh, I did a lot of community theater 30 years ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to remember that. It's like, hey, yeah, save yeah. this note for later. Right. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, Hey, do you want to come do the show? He's magenta thorn. Um, oh man, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot of remembering that and, meeting friends of friends because you have one friend who's a performer they have other friends who are mm-hmm. performers and so it's i've been fortunate that people like me <laughs> for some mm-hmm. reason and I'm, I'm just very grateful and glad and uh and when i ask for help a lot of them say yes and that's that's where a lot of them came from that's awesome um well you've got a you've got a good cast of voices i'll say like that's that's the one thing i i, I really appreciate it is that sometimes i don't know you listen to podcasts some people probably listen to this podcast right now and say i can't tell these two guys apart <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I appreciate that your show like definitely does a good job of making sure that every voice does sound separate and unique and i know that's a really weird thing to describe but i was never lost in any moment i was never mistaking people for other characters and stuff um and yeah so how, however you did the production for this it was very well done um it, i'm telling you folks go out there and listen to it it, it sounds great what's what makes it easy is when i have a normal setting and i have normal mm-hmm. people voices and mm-hmm. guess what they might be the same people when i have a superhero uh battle or something else going on 
because now they get to dial it way up. It's like how right. um, Dwayne Johnson says, The Rock is Dwayne Johnson just dialed up to 11. Right. right. <laughs> they just, they, it's like, I'm not, if I was writing the same uh, five uh, soccer moms, you might have a hard time telling mm-hmm. them apart. But if sure. one can throw cars and one could read minds and one is from the moon, then, well, they're going to sound a bit different than they would if they were just soccer moms. <laughs> right, right. So right. That's, that's part of giving them a chance to, like, look, make it ridiculous. Pull mm-hmm. out something weird, go for it. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Michelle Arslan, who plays Louise, um, came in with this voice. Uh, she wasn't in episode one. You haven't heard her yet. And, I haven't, yeah. But she was in the pilot season. And as soon as she came out with this voice and did that character, like, I had an episode for her. <laughs> like, oh, so that's, that's, that's so I was cool. like, I know what to do with her. She sounds like an old party girl. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so I gave her her own wild adventure which I wouldn't have had if she did something more uh, subdued. And so, so gotcha. sometimes the actors like give me cues of their own that go, I could do something with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that, that's interesting because I, I was wondering, um, and I don't want to eat up all your time. So we'll wrap up here in a bit, but like, um, does this story like have an end, right? Um, is there like a long term? Is it like let's do forty seasons, or is this like a thirties radio show where you're like, I'm gonna keep doing this until the money runs out? Um, and the reason I bring that up is because it sounds to me like the show is kind of written based on the people that you know, and you're you've been inspired by both like the comics and TV shows you've read, but also it sounds like the people have also been like, oh no, now I need to make a character for this voice that someone just made. So like, how does that all come together, and where does that? guide you in terms of like telling a, a full story or is this going to just go on for forever many of the characters already exist um okay usually what happens is someone just says something mid-recording um uh, uh Kristen chesler just happened to do like a little kid voice and i was like <gasps> i need a kid voice <laughs> don't go anywhere <laughs> we just extended your recording time for another 20 minutes um uh-huh. uh I'm trying to think of uh, what your question. So I do have an end for uh, for Brava City. Um, okay. I don't want to say exactly how many scenes I have in mind. It's less than ten. Um, it's more. Okay. It's more than three. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, could the story then go somewhere else after that? Maybe. Um, but gotcha. that's not in my immediate plans. And uh, what I do plan, hopefully, would be more seasons of six episodes. Um, they're about 30, maybe 40 minutes each, under under mm-hmm. 40, well, over 30. <clears throat> sure. Um, you know, it's a ride to work or so. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's I'm purposely throwing a lot into each episode, which I worry is to my own detriment. If it's like, is there too many characters? Are there going to be too many subplots? You meet a character uh, in episode uh, three, you're not going to meet them again until season three. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's, yeah it's like it's you know that kind of thing is very fun to me um mm-hmm. rob guillory and john layman it, during chew they show you <laughs> yeah. a dude following tony um somewhere in the the 30s of the issue mm-hmm. and he doesn't come back for 20 issues <laughs> right 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 because <laughs> right. he was like stalking tony to kidnap him to the cult um mm-hmm. and i was like that's fantastic <laughs> that we mm-hmm. that like that's something you could get picked up on um so that's that that's fun to me is everyone gonna gonna want to follow it or care to pay attention i hope so uh mm-hmm. maybe that's where re-listens will you know you'll find something new each time you'll find something else to pick yeah. up on um exactly because uh the interludes that true crime is going to have commercials for they might become real episodes that are uh backer only for season two and then I you see. learn more about what they're talking about and why the city's the way it is and why the villains act the way they do. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, th- but this is the kind of stuff that I think that, and I would hope that our listeners of our show um, would appreciate because I think one, you've basically sold me on this forever now. <laughs> 30 minute, 30 minute episodes to me is like the perfect size thing. That's like, I can sit down and listen to that podcast over lunch, go for a short walk and listen to an episode. Um, That's amazing. Do the dishes um, fold laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, none of these two and a half hour long comedy <laughs> podcasts. I don't know what the hell these people out there are thinking. Um, but no, this this sounds like the perfect digestible thing. Um, well, I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I hoped, you know, fingers crossed, we'll get up to six, seven, eight, nine seasons, whatever <laughs> that number between three and ten ends up being. Um, 
but I guess uh, the final question here, I guess, like, where can people find this show? And uh, when's your next Kickstarter going to be? Is that too big of a question <laughs> too soon to ask? I don't know. But where can people find the show for now? OMVpodcast.com. If you search any of your podcast apps, players for opinions may vary or OMV podcast, it'll show up there um, because that's the name of the podcast we've had for since 2012. And that's mm-hmm. where you could find the Stalwell Foundation. Um, awesome. We're also on Instagram. That's where many of the updates come in. Uh, so episode six of Star Wars, that'll end season one. That'll be late December, early January. And then uh, g- give me a few months to write season two. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hopefully hopefully maybe a new kickstarter for for season two before 2025 to be honest because okay. it's it's just me like a lot of people helping sure. out making music saying lines but i i have to put it all together um, oh totally yeah yeah yeah, no rush. I was, I was, <laughs> didn't want to put too much pressure on you, honestly. Uh, but no, that, that's very exciting. We'll make sure to have all the links to that stuff um, in the show notes so folks can go check that out. Um, and yeah, I think when this episode comes out, it'll be almost four episodes mm-hmm, and then the mm-hmm. season will end and it's going to be, I'm sure, very teary eyed, huge cliffhanger. I'm very excited to listen <laughs> to it myself. Um, but I guess for now, to wrap things up, I have an unbelievable announcement that I'm announcing right now, and I'm not going to be able to talk about it publicly for another two weeks on the regular show, which is crazy. Um, but I'm going to announce it here. Next week's episode of I Read Comic Books, Paul and I are going to be talking with the one and only Ed Brubaker, um, you know, creator of so many other books, and my stomach just exploded with nervousness just saying it out loud. But we're going to be talking about Ed's new book, Where the Body Was with Sean Phillips. I'm very, very excited about that. You can check us out on Instagram and TikTok, Discord, Goodreads, you know, YouTube, all those places on the internet where you can find Irie comic books. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to get access to the IRCB movie club, Saga of Saga, Mike and Paul read Doom Patrol, Better Batmobile, hundreds of podcasts only on Patreon. Or you can follow along for free and get access to that stuff there as well. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music. We can't thank them enough. Xander is the kind of person who walks through the flames and does not feel it. Uh, I want to say thank you (laughs) to Alex for being on the show with me. Uh, And if you got this far in the episode, thank you so much. You're a fantastic human being. Until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Mm -hmm.